and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tusken Shed Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic Star Trek series Deep Space Nine. With me as always is Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? I'm doing pretty good. Um back home from work and we are and like as 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 someone who works in retail, I am happy to say that we are like in the final few weeks like that home stretch before christmas but at the same time that means people are going to be coming in they like like i swear to you people will literally be coming in on december 23rd asking for an ornament that i can tell them i can tell them with no lie to their face i'm sorry but we ran out of that in november (laughs) Like seriously, like like we are like like there are some ornaments that like the that we as a company like not even just our store we're just out of wow like it's gone. That's crazy. And how are you, Sarah? I'm doing very well, thank you, Ben. Very good. Well, this week we talked about we saw rather and we will talk about the search part one and part two, which would be the first and second episode of season three. So first up is The Search Part 1. Taking place several days after Season 2 finale, we start up in Ops, where the DS9 crew are discussing how woefully unprepared the station is to fend off a possible Jem'Hadar attack. Suddenly, a mysterious cloaked ship appears. However, when the ship decloaks, it is revealed to be a Federation ship, the Defiant, that is being piloted by Commander Sisko. Sisko reveals that the Defiant was built by the Federation in order to fight the Borg but has been given over to them to help them investigate the Dominion. Sisko tells the crew he plans to take the Defiant into the Gamma Quadrant to seek out the Founders and try to broker peace. He also introduces Tarul, a Romulan who supplied the Defiant with its cloaking device, and Michael Eddington, who Starfleet has sent to supersede Odo in matters of security, causing Odo to storm out in rage. Benjamin tries to console him that he did everything he could to stop it, but Odo says he still plans to resign. Kira convinces Odo to come with them on the trip, and Sisko, who has the Grand Negus' staff, tells Quark that he has to come with them so that he can talk with the Karema, the race Quark met, uh, made a deal with last season, who they hope will lead the Federation to the Founders. The crew go to the Gamma Quadrant and manage to avoid detection from the Jem Hadar with their cloaked ship. Quark meets with the Karema, who helps point the crew in the right direction. But while looking at a computer star map of the Gamma Quadrant, Odo becomes fascinated by a place called the Omari Nebula. Quark leaves, and Kira confronts Odo about his obsession with the Nebula. They come across an undefended communications array, and O'Brien and Dax beam aboard, but they are attacked by the Jem'Hadar, as is the Defiant. The ship is able to kill one Jem'Hadar ship, but they are overrun. Kira is hit by a Jem'Hadar weapon and wakes up aboard a shuttlecraft. Odo reveals he saved Kira, but does not know what happened to the Defiant or their crew. Much to Kira's anger, Odo is not going back to DS9, but rather heading towards the Nebula. There, he discovers a rogue planet. When he and Kira investigate, they discover a pool of liquid people, soon revealed to be a collective of changelings, the same race as Odo, who welcome him what do we think of the search part one i it was really good and i wasn't expecting to see the changelings so soon like i was sure we would meet them one day but it's like oh oh start of season three here we are there's a pool of liquid people it's them 
Then, oh yeah, I thought, here. I thought that's something that I thought that's something that would have happened like closer to the middle of season three or possibly even season four. Though I though, though I though think saying saying that out loud, I do feel like I do feel like maybe going all the way to like season four and then introducing them that might have been drawing out a bit long. So I'll stick with the middle of season three. <laughs> I sort of had a feeling that we might have some answers, but I thought we were going to get more of a tease again, like we did before. Because there's just a lot of right. stuff and about his mm. place, and they gave him kind of a convenient way to leave the ship if he wanted to, you know. So I was yeah. sort of feeling that, but still, I was not expecting all of them <laughs> to just be. Yeah, there. it's like nope. Here's like here's the whole group of people. Swoop. This is your home planet. Yes, yes, and uh, well, we learn a lot more in the next season, so we'll have to just talk about this. So let's start with saying, what did you think of the Defiant? Well, it was sort of anticlimactic. Like they didn't just really showed up. <laughs> use it yeah. very much. <laughs> oh, by the way, for the record, I uh, I just now did a little bit of research and I realized that the Reliant was the ship from the original Wrath of Khan. Ah, so there's uh-huh. a reason oh, I had attached it to uh-huh. to Khan. It was just not Benedict Cumberbatch Khan. It was uh, Ricardo Montalban yes. Khan. And then it, and it all comes full circle back to yes. Khan always con anyway but uh yeah you know they've got this really big impressive ship and uh, i think it's really interesting that they got a um they're involving the romulans now i was really surprised right. to see yeah, her cool. yeah 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 we get a lot of uh romulan talk much more in next season but uh next episode mm-hmm. but uh yeah the romulans yes. are actually entering ds9 finally which is very exciting it's mm-hmm. good I wasn't really impressed. Something seemed off about uh, her character makeup to me. Yeah. Like I know they're supposed to have prominent eyebrows, but it looked like they were a bit askew yeah. <laughs> or something. Just a tad bit, yeah. They looked like they were going all the way around her head. They were very yeah. enlarged, it felt like. Yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. It felt like it's a little bit off. Hadn't done Romulan makeup in a, in a while. Michael Westmore <laughs> went, went, went OTT for this. He <laughs> forgot all the little intricate details. Just kidding. I love Michael Westmore. He is, he is a fantastic makeup artist. One of the best in the business, if not the best. No, of course. Not that he'll ever listen to this podcast, but you know. You never know. He could be like, he could have a Google alert out on his name. We'll tag him. Maybe he'll finally catch this podcast i mean if he does listen to this then i just want you to know man we love your work like you're fucking awesome he really is if you guys haven't watched face off like i mentioned before he's on it a lot he's absolutely oh my god every every time he'd walk he'd walk in on face off i'm just like legendary like please listen and respect everything he says please take this into account i mean he was he must have created more alien races than any one person right because he's created the ferengi the borg the Bajorans, certain, yeah. The, uh, well, now the founders, um, Cardassians, Cardassians, Vorta. Yeah, Cardassians. Like he's created so many races, it's crazy. Well done. And well so many of them are so memorable. Very nice resume. We applaud you, sir. But yes, uh, I thought the Defiant. I agree. It was uh, introduced very weirdly. Uh, this had a very uh, we've changed showrunners vibe, which this show did on season three. Uh, oh yes that, that would explain it uh, michael pillar is no longer uh the showrunner i believe um for season three onward and it sort of had a vibe of we have a ship now <laughs> and we have uh, uh so just runabouts we got this thing and uh mm. here's two new characters and it, it wasn't too bad but it was just sort of a 
maybe an awkward intro the episode yeah. i mean i i mean I, I think i think in part it was it was also it was also because they made the mention of like of they made the mention of oh yeah oh, oh yeah it's overpowered it's overpowered for some overpowered and overarmed for a ship for a ship of its size but we didn't really get like a taste of that at all and in, and in, 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 in part one so it's like well you know if you're bringing this up then are we going to get an example? Are we going to get a demonstration of, you know, you almost tearing yourself apart like it, like, like it, like it did when it was tested? No, for sure. Like, they saw that it had a good cloak and that it was able to defeat a gym at our ship, which uh, they weren't able to before, but right, it did feel like it uh, sustained a lot of damage. It didn't feel <laughs> like the best ship uh, for the job quite yet. Though I do like the design of it. I like the sort of, more circular design of it than the way it's uh yeah the bridge has this kind of really open floor feel to it funny to say mm. it where everyone's in sort of more circle versus like that sort of tiered setup we're used to on uh the star trek enterprise so i like this sort of visual yeah it, it was yeah it, it was like it was like taking um it was like taking the like the, the main the main kind of i guess you know hq of of, of, the, of the space station and putting it on the ship now is is me having seen a Star Trek The Next Generation movie considered a spoiler for something I know that happens in a Next Generation movie? I don't... Can't say yet. Because in First Contact, the, uh, the uh, Defiant shows up to fight the Borg at the beginning. Oh! When they're fighting the Borg, the Defiant is the ship that's also firing on them piloted by one adam scott I, for, I, for, I forgot about that yeah it's piloted by adam scott by the way from parks and recreation weirdly <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> instant win it's hilarious it, it looks like ben because you know benjamin is a famous sort of nerd on that show and it looks like he's just interacting like a cosplay event or something it's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> which i'm which i'm pretty sure was like most of what was going through his mind at that time he was just like this is amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's easy to forget that like the uh, the next gen films are starting up right now, you know, because next gen's ending. They're starting up the films. Yeah, right it was, about, okay. now, it was so about that time. Yeah, you have this weird sort of um, parallel, and particularly I know first context very weird because I think it's right in between DS Nine. So I was trying to look up like where does it technically take place, and everyone's like somewhere. It's like we don't know. This whole adventure happens off screen. Just don't it worry takes about place it. in the past. <laughs> they go back. This is true. Basically. It could have been like a day, you know, and they come back, and everyone's yeah. like, yeah. Been like a couple hours. And it's like, and it's like for all we know, you know. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is more of yeah. It seems like we were testing out the ship a lot of this episode, but I agree, it was more like the ship didn't really live up to a lot of the tests that we got to see, which I thought. was And they didn't odd. really have uh, have life support on a lot of the ship. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting because uh, Quark and Odo had to be bunk mates because it was the only room. <laughs> Uh, with life support like besides the bridge on the sh- on the whole ship <laughs> much to much uh odo's chagrin because he has to uh deform back into his liquid state and doesn't want cork to see him it's such an awkward i want to that to like be a mini series of you know cork and odo <laughs> being roommates can you imagine 
kind of kind of like a kind of like a Big Brother twenty four hour style um uh a, a, a video 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 feed channel that people that people can just watch. It's like it's like oh it's like oh when the show isn't airing, you know you like like lo lo log in and you can watch all the housemates, aka Odo and Quirk, just interacting with each other and like <laughs> pissing each other off. Yes. <laughs> so one thing I forgot to mention about last episode, and we can talk about this one because it's mostly action. How are you feeling about the action now that we're seeing? get a lot more of it we're starting to get these more intense battles with people warping aboard and the classic smoke and shaky cams and all that yeah it was, it was pretty good so far um yeah it's a nice it's a nice additional layer to 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 like to like very much the kind of political like p p political aspect that, that that we've been getting so far totally i, I agree i think uh I think so far the action's been pretty good, and especially thinking those tight quarters. It was very nice, even if it didn't make sense that Jim Hardar never seemed to use their weapons; they just ran at each other. But yeah, it wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be Star Trek without a little bit of slow kung fu. <laughs> you know, <it's> just, <laughs> yeah, Star Trek uh, the, without judo is just not the same. Yeah, there was one bit of of shaky cam that just seemed a bit like drawn out to me. Like, I understand the need for it. Like, oh, the ships, you know, it's, it's unstable. Shit's happening. But uh, it just, it, it lasted for, like, a really long time. And I'm like, something needs to happen now. <laughs> just can't be forever in shaky cam. I just find it so odd that whenever a ship is attacked, like, everything blows up and kills people. Like, I feel like there should be more electric safety grits. Because, like, everybody yeah. gets shrapnel in the face. And all the non-named characters always bite it. Mm -hmm. As the and, it's, and, and it's always and the explosions are always like central to their specific workspace and it's like I, it's like did y'all know that that, that that this workspace right here over in this corner was a hazard <laughs> and so is many, that uh, why i'm sitting here <laughs> is this why i'm a no-name character it's a classic uh, galaxy quest <laughs> 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 uh and always pipes filled with smoke too I don't know what all the steam and smoke is going for, but it always gets severed and the whole place becomes perfectly lit and gloomy. It's almost like it was on accident yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you've never seen like uh, destabilized or stabilized rather uh, Star Trek fight scenes, I recommend it because you can clearly see when they stabilize the camera, it's just the actors in their chairs doing like this. <laughs> like, yes. Rocking oh back yeah. And forth. Watching, watching those outtakes is Watching those outtakes is great. It's like okay, uh, when we when, when we say go, everyone like throw yourselves to the left, and it's the funniest thing to watch. It's like because there's always that one person who like kind of overdoes it a little bit, and you totally notice them. So, is there anything else to the search? Is more of a setup episode. So, is there anything else we really mm -hmm. want to settle on, or shall we get to the the meteor episode? I Peter, go ahead. I want to bring up how 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 but bet between all three of us when, when we were talking um the other day before we before recording this how all of us agreed that we're not exactly a fan of Jadzia's new hairdo. That's right. Yeah. Like we are not a fan. <laughs> yeah. Way too 80s mom. I believe I believe you said that Sarah. No, but Ben actually said 80s mom, but I think oh, I was no, the was first ben. person to voice I don't like the new hair. 
Yes. And then Ben was like, me too. And then Ben was like, me too. And I was like, I'm so glad we're on, all in agreement. Mm. I thought I was the only one. I wasn't sure. <laughs> Although, could we talk about that one scene where her eyes were just lit, like, spectacularly oh, well? Yeah. It was it was like old school Hollywood glamour. Oh, like, my God. It's, it's like right there. Like, she just looks up and you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went back and rewatched that scene just now because she's so pretty. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh. Okay. All right. You need a moment. Anyway, I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we go on to part two? We shall indeed. No. Let us. Right. It's, uh, got a lot of info dump. So sorry for the long one. Here we go. A female changeling welcomes Odo and helps to explain their world. She explains the changelings merge together in a bond called the Great Link, that allows one to share thoughts and ideas. She reveals that Odo was one of a hundred children who were sent out into the galaxy to report back on life beyond their reach, and that he is the first one to come back. She also shows distrust for Kira, who she refers to as a solid. Meanwhile, Sisko and Bashir are saved from their dying shuttle by O'Brien and Dax. They reveal that while they were captured, the Jem'Hadar took them straight to the Founders, who are eager for peace. A particular founder, Borath, meets with Sisko and is revealed to be a Vorta. However, things seem unstable with the treaty, as the Romulans are to be excluded from the treaty entirely, which Tarul says will mean war with the Federation. Also, Jem'Hadar on the station attack O'Brien for a minor slight, but new security officer Eddington does nothing. When Sisko hears of this, as well as the Federation planning to move Dax to a new station, he barges into the Admiral Nechea's office with Bortha. There, they reveal the Federation are actually planning to allow the Dominion to take over the station and be in control of Bajor, much to Sisko's horror. Back on Changeling Land, we learn that the Changelings were once feared and hated when they tried to explore the galaxy. So, when they found the world they live on, they retreated there. She forbids Kira from trying to contact Sisko, but Kira tries anyway, but much to her dismay, she is blocked by some major power source. She tries to locate the power source, but discovers a secret door. An odd device, considering the changelings do not seem to need doors. She finds Odo trying to learn new shape-shifting powers, and he reveals to her that he will likely plan to stay. She agrees, but says first she needs him to help her open the door. Back on DS9, Sisko and Garrick meet, and they agree that the treaty is bad news. But they are spurned into action when the Jem'Hadar murder to rule. Sisko is arrested by Eddington, but Garrick knocks him out and rescues the commander. Dax, Sisko, Garrick, and Bashir agree to throw away their careers and maybe their lives to destroy the wormhole, cutting off the Dominion. Garrick helps the crew escape by pulling a ruse on the Jem'Hadar, but is shot and killed. R.I.P. Garrick. Sisko and team manage to shoot the wormhole close, cutting off the Dominion and the wormhole forever. Meanwhile, back on Ototopia, Odo opens the door and is surprised <laughs> to see Borath operating a machine that the Defiant crew is attached to. Borath reveals that everything that happened to the rest of the Defiant crew after the attack was actually a virtual reality simulation, done to see how the Federation would respond to a Dominion peaceful invasion. M. Night Shyamalan twist. It is revealed further that the Vorta aren't the founders. It is the Changeling who are. Double twist. Ah. The female Changeling reveals that after centuries of being hunted, the Changelings decided they would no longer fear people and would conquer worlds instead and inspire fear to keep their race safe. 
Disgusted by their actions, Odo decides he will leave with his friends and demands their release. The changeling lets them go, but states that they will not be so kind next time they meet. The female changeling tells Odo he should have stayed with them, to which Odo replies that the years of isolations have destroyed the changeling's views. She tells Odo he may well return and will always want to because he will always feel like an outsider. To this, Kira takes Odo's hand and they beam back to the Defiant. What do we think of the search part two? I did not expect the changelings to be the founders at all. I was so shocked. Damn. Was such a that twist. was a twist. Oh my god. I thought that, that they would be part of the Dominion. I will say that. But yeah. I didn't no, think they, they were definitely be the founders. shady. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was going to be revealed that all the people who were acting shady on DS9 were changelings. And the changelings, because like, the whole thing was like, she's like, if you like truly become the flower, you think like the flower. And so I thought they were going to a thing where these changelings are so advanced that Odo doesn't know that they can actually take a whole person's form and consciousness was what I thought they were going for. And then it would be revealed that the changelings had been infiltrating like... Uh, that like Cisco or somebody, you know, Dax or whoever. Mm. Well, not Cisco because he was obviously against it, but like Dax or O'Brien or the Admiral was really changed things. But I was not expecting yeah. them to be the actual founders, which was crazy. So, yeah, what'd y'all think of that twist yeah, that, reveal? Uh, it that was, was like, so yeah. good. Yeah, that twist definitely took me for a loop because, because, because I, I, I did, I did, much, much like y'all, I, I did think that something was up. I, I, because something was just off um some, 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 something something was just off and it's like you know like you're, you're, you're telling them all this stuff and you're not letting kira like like i basically contact someone else so that so she can leave so it's like how is she gonna get out why won't you let her just leave you know and and but th but then but then when it was revealed it's like oh this is all a simulation that you know your friends are in i thought it was closer to like well the changelings are like you know they are i don't i, I don't i don't want i don't want to say lapdogs because 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 i don't see them as like as, but another as that, subservient but, but, race yeah yeah thank you more that's the word i was looking for like, like another subservient race who was part of it who was who, who was like who was like this is what we're doing as our part of the dominion but it's but like, more sympathetic no, maybe yeah maybe more like uh or even that but it's like, nope, we're the ones who are running things here. Did not see that coming. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I think the idea in particular of a race that conquers other races to be safe is really cool. That's a really interesting idea that it's not sort of a, it's a collective, but there's a CEO in the sense that like, there's mm -hmm. this powerful group that so tells like everything. So like, we conquer you so you don't conquer us kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's a very fascinating very fascinating idea for uh, uh, an evil empire versus sort of the the Romulans are more sort of just themselves and the Cardassians are more themselves versus they're like, no, we're going to use all these people who aren't us to fight our battles for us. That's that's mm -hmm. some sinister shit right there. Yep. Everyone else becomes the ultimate pawns. It, it is like the ultimate game of like chess, checkers, whatever. Like, I guess, risk. You, I guess risk. You, you can make a comparison to where it's where, yeah. where it's like where 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 it's like where it's like yeah. We changelings are basically on our own little personal Australia, 
but, yeah. but I don't know, one person in Australia over in here in the corner. Now you think that we have no power because because you know everyone else ha- because everyone else has like the North Amer- the North South America, Africa, Europe, Asia regions. But you know what? Actually, we're gonna come out of nowhere and just destroy you and win this game. <laughs> Like that, like I got, I got you thinking about it, thinking about it as risk. They are Australia, but Australia rules the world out of nowhere. They're like Australia and risk, but they're playing with other people's pieces too. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Like, changes don't go in the battle. The Jim Hadar go into battle. You know what I mean? And the they, they are very secret. They are very secretively like texting other players in the game. Hey, you want to like be an alliance, but you like do what I tell you to do, and I'll just send you <laughs> random texts every now and then. And other people are like, yeah, sure. Like that's what's happening. Yeah, absolutely, and. Uh, well, let's talk just a little bit about what we've learned about changings besides them being founders. What would you sort of think about all the the different things we learned about Odo? Because we got a lot of a lot of good info dump from this episode on Odo's species. Well, uh, uh, the um, queen of the changelings, when she was talking, you know, be the leaf or whatever, uh, her spiel to Odo of you know, become or transform into a rock so you can learn what it means to be. A rock, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me! This is some lame ass hippie bullshit. <laughs> I, I say as a you know self proclaimed lame ass hippie, but you know it just it was it was weird. I was like, that's all you do is like you sit around and become plants all day. Like, <laughs> sure, I mean, obviously we learned that there is much more to them than that, but uh, it was very clear that Odo probably wasn't going to fit in that well on his home world. At first, yeah, it seemed that way. Yeah, you're right. Isn't she that have like this hippiest thing of like we live in a pool, man? We all like one. We all like <laughs> combine, <coughs> not ourselves and are ourselves, and we just want to like become plants and stuff. Uh, <laughs> but they also like to to live that perfect life. They have conquered and murdered people all across mm-hmm. the galaxy to have their perfect little to commune. make sure that they can do to make sure that they can be hippies in peace yeah exactly it's a hippies with a barbed wire fence essentially which uh yeah kind of yeah I, I, did, I did find it interesting though that, that 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 because of the whole like turn into this you can know what it means to be this that like we got to see the exhilaration and thrill of when oda was like I was an owl. I flew, and it, like, it's an that, like at least to get that moment. Yeah, to yeah, albatross. Yeah, whatever. I forget what birdie was. I just wrote it down because so I had to add uh, some Odo shapes. <laughs> yes. Right. Oh yeah, Odo shapes. But like to 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 get to get at least that moment of Odo just being like, I am happy learning like at least this part of myself. I was like, okay, that makes at least that makes this at least partially worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, I think that's a very interesting thing that uh, Odo doesn't realize his powers are even more powerful than he never knew uh, that he can actually change some form of consciousness of our understanding of the creature in some form or another, which is very interesting. I feel like I'm curious what Odo will do now with this new sort of tapped in understanding of his powers. Yeah, now he's going to have this whole crisis of, oh, I found my home. They're evil. What do I do about it? Uh, yeah, and as well as, uh, I'm, I'm assuming a crisis of peace. Uh, the evil people living among the Federation, and already the Federation was showing not distrust of him. And I'm sure that will just get mm. worse and worse. Uh, yep. 
Yeah, I can guarantee it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially because how many times he's already voiced is like, if you'd give me more authority. And so as a response, the Federation was literally like, well, you know what, then you're not going to be the one who's necessarily in charge anymore. And it's like, yeah, is this really the best decision to make, guys? I tell you what, though, again, mad props to Renee. I'm gonna say his last name wrong. Right. Abourgeonois, the 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 gentleman who plays Odo. Mad props right. to to his acting skills yet again because um, right before the opening credits, that scene where she like links with him just a little bit, mm-hmm. and he just he's so happy. He's I'm home and <laughs> as much as he can under all of the prosthetics, yeah. like he's he's just he's beaming. Yeah, and right. He's just so so sweet and happy. It was like oh Odo. <laughs> I would not be. Oh, don't phone home. Oh, don't phone home. Oh, don't no like home. No. <laughs> Odo home sad. Odo, Odo very, hang up. Odo very confused about the, home. The Odo, I think, get laid. That was kind of weird. I think Odo got laid in terms of changeling been, sex. Wouldn't she have been like like I was picturing her as like a mother kind of figure? Yeah, and I guess uh, when you. Well, I guess that's a, another question: Is how the hell do you make more changelings, and how does one changeling have consciousness over other question. and whatnot? But uh, yeah, they they touched on it, or they addressed it really briefly at one point. You were newly formed when when we sent you away, right? And it's like newly formed from what? So from all of us, dude. It's like, <laughs> Bro, it's, it's like it's, it's like it's like what it's like. Was it a kind of Steven Universe type thing where Ro- where Rose Quartz and where Rose Quartz and Steve's dad were just like and together and poof. <laughs> like, how, like how did it happen? Like, did I, I, I did two other changelings give up like parts of themselves to create a new consciousness, which essentially is kind of what happens in and like for us anyway. But still, it's yeah. like, how does it work? Well, we do get one really creepy thing. Which I thought was a really interesting side note, and I'm curious they'll explore it more. Is that she mentions that they genetically imprinted him with a genetic memory of the Omerian yeah. Nebula, so that when he would see it, he would like be drawn unnaturally, like like a bird going home, you know. Uh, but they they implanted it like surgically, I guess, uh, or genetically in some way. And so it's like I'm just curious if these people have some kind of a uh, interesting science we've clearly seen that they have the ability to create like exact virtual reality replicators whether they created that as a board i don't know but they clearly have access to that so and their technology for the jamhadar is incredible so i'm just curious how much farther it extends and what a nasty science business they're up to I did find it interesting speaking speaking of the simulation i did find it interesting how they explained their reasoning behind putting behind putting Cisco and the gang in the simulation where they were like, yeah, we wanted to see how you would react if we if we came to you with an offer and you failed. And it's like and and it's like, you know, at least at least for the simulation on terms that you set up, they fail, but that you they, they failed, but that's because everyone around them that they knew who they felt who they felt they had a pretty good understanding of how they think was at least in their at least in their eyes way out of character with how immediately on board they were to join the dominion and how and and what they were willing to do what they were willing to give up to be part of the dominion it's like yeah did they really fail or did they just fail in your eyes because 
because you just expect, at least at this point for damn sure, you just expect everyone to jump right on board or risk annihilation. That's true. This is true. What, what did y'all think in just in general? The, we've talked mostly about the Odo stuff. What do you think of the, uh, the DS9 simulation stuff? I mean, something was off to me right away when Dax and O'Brien just happened to show up on yeah. the ship again, despite the fact that they had very clearly, you know, been captured <coughs> at the, over at the Dominion base. It's like, how did you get from point B back to point A? Like, it made no sense. Yeah. And so when it was all a simulation, I was like, oh, okay, that explains everything. Also, when Garrick got shot... In the simulation, I was I was so sad. <laughs> I, I don't want to be rid of Garrick. Then I was so happy when it was all fake. I was like, wait, so he's still alive? <laughs> yes, he's... yes, yes. Okay, good. I'll be really happy the next time we see him, just to prove that he's still there. Yes. Yeah. We we we, we need we need our true season two uh, supporting character uh, MVP to be alive. Yes. This is so. true. You can't give that a word away and then kill him off first episode back. That's just not fair. That's, yeah. that's, that's just cruel and unusual just, punishment. That just ain't right, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's some Shepherd Book shit that I will not handle. I am not okay oh. with. <laughs> Ooh. Too soon, man. Oh, I forgot he died. I, I, do, I do wonder. I do wonder though. In their in the simulation that the changeling set up, they kept Romulans out of the proceedings, out of the agreement. Mm-hmm. Is that how they would actually handle it? I assume so. I assume they have reasons why they don't want the Romulans involved with their treaty. Yeah, it's like yeah, because it's like, do they feel that they have nothing, like technologically, culturally, intelligence-wise, whatever, whatever to gain from the Romulans? Like, they think what's, they like, can't what's like manipulate them? Like they think they might be able to with humans, possibly, or mm. or, or, may, or maybe use it as a reason to like drive a wedge between different groups of people in order to make it easier for one group to say yes than another like also possible like the other thing i was thinking that i'm curious about is why was eddington such a dick in the uh, simulation <laughs> yes like was it again like you said just like everyone who wasn't on the defiant crew was just programmed to be subservient to the dominion in the simulation or is eddington actually a dick and we just don't know why. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Well, I mean, obviously, um, I don't think Admiral Nechaev would have been as pliable as she was True. in the simulation. No, like, she, she was just going know. on with everything, like, straight up. It's like, this is, no, no, this is not right. Something, Something's up here. If I was... She's, there, uh, she's being brainwashed or something. If I was Cisco, and even if I knew that was a simulation, I think I'd still sometimes, next time I saw Admiral Nechaev, I'd be like, what are you up to? Well, you really have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just not because it's any her fault, but I think it's just a weird portrayal like that in such a vast simulation was so interesting. Also, badass line from Cisco, which is when he's like, we are sending reinforcements. And he's like, they're going to be 70 years too late. Bam! Blows up the wormhole. It's badass. That was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I was really, really like that. Yeah. It's like, don't worry, we'll have time to prepare. Try it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought Avery Brooks did a really good job in this episode as well. I feel like he really opened up acting-wise. We got this very nice scene in the beginning of part one, which you didn't mention, where he um, 
I think it's part one. It might be part two. Um, but this scene in one of the episodes where he uh, is talking to Jake and he's like saying that this is the first time he feels like Deep Space Nine is home because he's mm-hmm. starting to bring out his uh, his collection of African art out of storage. And Jake says, I always associate this with wherever we are living at that time. And that now mm-hmm. it's no longer just a temporary thing that we're probably going to be here a while. Which I thought was really yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was touching. I'm telling you. I like the Jake and uh, Benjamin scenes. They're really yeah, good. Yeah, I do too. It's such a good father-son relationship in Star Trek. You don't get that much. No. No, they, they, they seem to be... Or, 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 or at least father-child, like not just son, but like a, like parent-child. Yes, absolutely. Trying to make it for the mistakes of Wesley, I feel like, as best they can. Yeah. Desperately and quickly. <laughs> and it's different than... Um... Worf and Alexander as well, because a lot of that was just, you know, Worf trying to be a good parent, but also fighting with his I'm your father and I know what's best for you instincts. Mm-hmm. And then Ale- Alexander struggling with his identity as am I Klingon? Am I human? What's going on? This is just like a teenager and his dad and they're cool and it's it's nice. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. He's a teenager growing up. His voice hasn't. Yeah. I was wondering if his voice is cracked yet. It sounds like it might be on the, the line soon. Mm-hmm. It's gonna start. Yeah, soon. I feel like it. I feel like if it doesn't, I'm waiting for puberty to hit him. Crack by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it doesn't crack by the middle of the season, then it's like okay, this boy's never growing up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this episode just gives us a very mm-hmm. good sort of intro. For the season series now you know finally hit the dominion yeah and i'm glad we sort of established them we've got three key races you know to worry about mm-hmm. and uh, uh i guess this the question is how long does this sort of cold war-esque piece uh last that i don't mm-hmm. know well the tone has very definitely changed oh from yeah. the first two seasons i i know both of you guys were talking about how your friend or anyone of your friends who had watched this show said, you know, just get to season three. That's where it gets good. That's where everything changes. And, you know, right out of the gate, that is right. exactly what happened. Like, it was very much proof that it's like the game has changed yes. drastically, like for two episodes. It's like, we're not, it's like, we're not shitting around with this. We're going <laughs> to give you everything now. <laughs> just to prove to you why we're, why you, you should be glad that you waited. This is true. This is true. And they've set up the characters very well. They have everyone sort of their pieces in place, like mm-hmm. we set up issues with season two. So this is a good start, and I'm hoping season three will continue on that that promise. Uh, doesn't uh, wait around again. <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Is there anything else to say for Search Part 2? Just uh, on a on a lighter note than most of the episode, I'm, I'm looking at the memory alpha page for this and looking at the memorable quotes section. And there's this lovely moment where Quark oh. says, "I have a dream, a dream <laughs> that one day all people, human, Jem'Hadar, Ferengi, Cardassians, stand together in peace around my Dabo table." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that was almost a beautiful sentiment, Quark." Right, you're just like that that. That great, great <laughs> try, Quark. That that was a very nice try. <laughs> mm. uh, Peter, is there anything else you want to say for Search Part Two? I am also good. I think I, I think that quote from Quark is actually pretty good when I go out on because it's just like 
it it's such a light note in the entire episode that you're just like, yep, that stands out. <laughs> so next week we will be discussing season three, episode three, and episode four, which will be the House of Quark and Equilibrium. So. In the meantime, I want to thank Peter and Sarah for joining me, as always, on this lovely journey that I love taking with you folks every week. A lovely time was had by all, (laughs) as always. It's always a lovely time. It's always a good time. I love this. (laughs) Well, you can check out all of our shows at Tuscan Shed Media Network. That'll be at TuscanShed.com. Our theme song is by Captain Meat Shield. You can see more of his work at CPTN underscore Meat Shield. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, rate, and review us anywhere that you can. It does help us find new listeners. And until next time, this is the crew of Geek Space 9 signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. turns out to be Cisco aboard the USS Reliant. Cisco reveals the Reliant. Defiant. Defiant. I am sorry. I put Reliant on everything. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> All right. My bad. Was uh, was the Reliant the big scary starship in um the new Wrath of Khan movie? No, that was the uh it had a terrible name. It was something like the yeah. the mad evil doom ship of sadness <laughs> it was awful bad. yeah that, that that one was pretty bad actually um, I... into darkness is the name of the film i'm referencing but it had con in it and that's all that matters and that and that like <laughs> truly tripped everyone up we're all just like i'm sorry come peter again. i think i was sitting next to you in the cinema when we were watching it and i saw the moment you figured it out it was so great <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was so bad. I was just like, wait, wait, seriously, they're doing this? And I was like, oh, why? (laughs) Yep, I got it. The USS Vengeance. (laughs) There you go. Ah, (sighs) Yes. Uh, Okay, I was was sorry to interrupt your your beautifully crafted summary, Ben. I just had to correct that one error. No, it's all right. You're right. It is the Defiant in a way. I thought it was the Reliant.